It's DTS-206, and we've had major Forsaken story reveals. Plus, more information on this new weapon system, a lot like Destiny 1, but with a few twists. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome to the DTS Podcast. I am BBK Dragoon. I'm joined, as always, by my great co-host, Diddy. What is good, man? How was your week? My week was excellent, and this next week is going to be super, super busy, but uh, this last week, we learned... We recorded last week's show before the Sony conference, right? So we've we've got some Sony conference details to talk about. Uh, also, this last weekend was just super awesome. In Pokemon Go, they had Community Day for Larvitar. Caught over 90 Larvitar. Some shinies. That's super awesome. <laughs> Larvitar? Larvitar, What gen yeah. of Pokemon is this? Two. Yeah. So okay. you you didn't go past Gen 1. So, no. Uh, no, I'm a Kanto everything boy. Else, everything else is just alien to you. That's um, great, man. But it's it was super fun, and I played a lot of Destiny this weekend. Actually, to be honest, it was. Did you really? Okay. It was good. Yeah, I had taken a, a little bit of a break uh, because I wanted to grind some Overwatch. I'm over it, and uh, <laughs> I'm on Destiny two again, getting that grind on. Totally. Well, I actually got to play some Destiny two this week as well. I've been playing it every week, but it's really just to do a handful of weeklies. Not really raiding anymore. I got to be honest with you, dude. I'm. During D1 at this time, I would say I was pretty regular hitting all of my weeklies, including the raids. Right now, I'm just hopping in, getting my call to arms done, getting maybe like the flashpoint done, that kind of a thing. But oh my word, huge story spoilers shown off. I am amazed that Bungie decided to drop such a (laughs) spoiler bomb. So at the front of the show, I just want to tell people, heads up, if you've not seen the promotional material for this, which you probably have, there's some big spoilers in it, right? Huge. Huge. Yeah, and uh, apparently they're lasting spoilers. We're going to talk about that. The new weapon system that Josh Hammer copped into the TWAB to talk about a little bit. The Dead Orbit winning the faction rally. Nobody's surprised there. Our impressions of the Sony conference. And more information about Division 2, Anthem, the Black Ops 4 season pass, which actually plays directly into Destiny 2's season pass decision. And some interesting notes about Fortnite. Why it's probably always going to be in early access, or at least going to try and stay there as long as it can, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's hop into the news. Let's get it out of the way, Diddy. What did we see in that massive story spoiler trailer for Forsaken? Uh, Nathan Fillion got fired. Boom. I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the crow is back, the queen's brother. Mm-hmm. Aldrin. Uh, Prince Aldrin. And he uh, seemingly killed k6 with his own gun yeah and a lot of outlets are reporting that he is a hundred percent dead scott taylor the destiny mm-hmm. 2 forsaken project lead has said he's dead his ghost is gone i don't think he's coming back did he yeah it's uh you know dead might not necessarily mean 100 percent gone right he'll probably play factors into uh, what he's content. gonna be a yoda ghost a lot of people are saying like he could turn into a ghost, which uh, lore fans, uh, let's correct that, please. And um, a lot of people are saying, well, he'll just turn into Cade 7, right? Uh, but I don't think that's how Exos work 100%. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, 
it is very surprising, like you said at the top of the show, that they revealed this story elements when they did. What if they fire Nolan North, replace him with Cade Six as your <laughs> ghost voice? Huh? Par for the course, right? That would be pretty funny. That would be ridiculous. Now, I don't know if I would like that, to be honest, but it would be pretty funny. Another stupid joke. They did say story cost them a lot of money, these cutscenes and voice actors. What? That's why they're going to this new annual pass focused on actual gameplay elements model. So, Budget cuts, see you later, man. Nathan. <laughs> anyway, what, what do you think about them showing this off in the trailer? I saw a lot of different opinions online, very heated like no this should have been held for the expansion this should be some of that like a spoiler surprise at the start for those who buy it and others are like no it's cool i'm more interested in this darker storyline where, where do you land i think that's the point right yeah it it's so drastic that people are now really interested to see how it plays out i would have preferred a cliffhanger right you show Cade beat up and torn you see prince aldrin uh, pointing the gun at his head, and then it just cuts. Yeah. No gunshot, no walk away, just just that cliffhanger. Like, oh no, what's going to happen? Um, but apparently this plot point happens very early in the story missions for Forsaken. So, I mean, that's kind of like what motivates everything <laughs> else after this, I guess. So that's going to be... Uh, and th- I think that... That is the reason they showed it. They wanted people to be talking about, interested in, you know, they needed to do something drastic to pull people back in. I think this is a, this is one of the things that they could have done, and I think they pulled it off. It's going to deliver, if done correctly, hopefully a satisfying revenge. And that's really the story that we're looking at from the trailers. We get to hunt the barons and confront Aldrin. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was about to say, it... It has also been confirmed that Prince Aldrin ties into the raid as well, a la mm-hmm. the Taken yeah. King. So just like Oryx with the story missions, the raid as well is going to be related to that. So it's kind of like that overarching boss that we really liked, that I really, really liked. Uh, hopefully, that's uh, going to be an awesome raid. Yeah, I'm, I land on the side of I'm happy with this. If Destiny 2 is already in like a perfectly great space in the public eye... And maybe uh, you can seal this kind of story element for the actual game itself. But for me, pull out all the stops to bring new people yes. in and hopefully it delivers <laughs> on it. And I have a hard time believing he's gone forever as well. It's pretty much the character that they have always pulled out of their back pockets to save cringy story moments just because Nathan Fillion's so freaking talented, you know? Yeah, I mean, all of his treasure maps and uh, loot caches are still <laughs> hidden. Around Is the, the colonel going to be the new vendor for him? That would be amazing. Yep. That would be amazing. Shout outs yes. to you, aviators. I'm going to be a lot visiting of people... <laughs> you every time I finish out my flashpoint. Yep, exactly. A few people said, hey, can we adopt the colonel? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on from here to Gambit. The YouTubers are finally getting home from E3, and we're getting to see footage of the game mode. I've probably watched 30 minutes of so two different rounds of Gambit, and i got to say, it looks really cool it reminds me a lot of prison of elders with that small pvp element thrown in it has matchmaking depending on the rewards depending on all these things it is a game mode i don't think you're gonna get in probably any other game right yeah and that was their intention right they said that this is something that's never been done before in a first person shooter 
and it yeah i can't name another game that has something like this there, there probably is like i mean something what, what about, but i know what you mean what's like, the halo 5 game good. type warzone warzone no it's, it's not got like that War. pve really plus anybody. pvp yeah you can't it, it's it's i mean i make that comparison because it's pve plus pvp you're right. you're a little right. bit okay. but yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of a different uh uh goal here with gambit and I actually prefer the Gambit mode to the Warzone mode. <laughs> I think I'm going to play a lot of this. Quite frankly, yes, when I look agreed. at it, this looks like something I would very happily turn on because it's this happy medium to me where, uh, to be honest, when I boot Destiny 2 up, I only do a couple of things. My Nightfalls and basically PvP for Call to Arms. And some nights, I want to throw Netflix on in the background on another monitor or something, and I just want to go chill, play some PvE. And... You don't always want to have something on in the background when you're playing PvP. SPMM's a little bit tight. PC population's not crazy, so you're playing some tougher matches. And I look at this and I go, hmm, this looks like it might scratch both of those hitches at once, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I said it last week. As a PvE player primarily, I'm actually really interested in this because, man, that invader that comes through, they kind of have that advantage. And if you're not on your toes... As a team, they could do some work. I am curious about one thing. So the invader, when he comes in, you get to see the actual nameplates above the enemy team that you're invading. Kind of like wall hacks. Think about like Widowmaker's ultimate ability, like seeing through the walls. Only mm -hmm. this time you just sort of see their nameplates. And so I've noticed a lot of times the invaders come in with their heavy ammo out, like got the sniper up, and they're getting really sick clips. And you also have a little bit extra shield as the invader, I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. I kind of like the idea, and maybe this is a balancing thing that Bungie has playtested to death, but I have this cooler, or I don't know, more tactical, stealthy idea where you're like swooping in and out between the enemies to try and shoot at the opponents without information about where they are on the map. You know what I mean? Yeah, that uh, that might be something that they would need to tweak, but we also have to consider that all the gameplay we've seen is from... E3, right? They're a not. Test build, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a test build, and also uh, the players, everyone playing on the map. You know, they're just they sat in a line for however many hours or minutes to play the game. They're not really coordinated as well as they probably would be in a matchmaking at, at home type situation. Uh, of course, random solo queuing would be similar, but um, I think that. Um, from a lot of the write-ups that I've seen and all the gameplay, if if the team that's being invaded was a little bit more coordinated, they could take out that invader yeah, a good point. Uh, fairly easily and fairly quickly uh, because it is announced when they're coming over so they can uh, be on the lookout. And these are people on the loud E3 show floor. I mean, yeah, it's just exactly. general public. It's, it's not... Yeah, That's a great it's, point. It's that situation where you have all that background noise like the Netflix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to casually do this. But there's going to be those really hardcore uh, Gambit players that uh can be a little coordinated and uh, totally. stomp you. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Hamrick's short update on the new weapon system. So I'm going to go through the main bullet points of what he said here. The top two slots are called quick slots. More freedom than ever. You can carry unique sets of primary and special weapons when paired with the appropriate exotic crazy loadouts like the three shotgun build are possible. We are returning to the Destiny 1 white primary, green special, and purple heavy ammo system, but more specific details very soon. So 
that's the general overview. It is akin to a D1 system, but we don't know the full exact details yet, but it's coming down the pipeline. Uh, Dead Orbit won the faction rally. No surprises there, Diddy, and then Iron Banner Control is coming back this week. Any last thoughts on the TWAB? I mean, when you read the ammo changes, it's like, well, isn't that what they have now? But I guess that's what the future details are going to be about. Uh, yeah, and then the Iron Banner, like you said, is active this week, Tuesday, June 19th through June 26th. The game is Control. Yep. All right, so let's talk about the Sony conference. Other than being, I knew and you knew probably a month before, they were tweeting, hey, the Sony conference is here. We're focusing on like our four big pillar standouts. It's not going to be the same kind of year that it was last year. I know you and Sanic were probably very excited about one thing, right? <laughs> yes, the Resident Evil 2 remake officially being confirmed. She's part of... She was so happy and excited that they finally revealed that. And she was... She's part of a... She follows the Resident Evil subreddit and Discord. Yeah. So there were rumors that this was going to be announced. But when the gameplay or when the trailer came up, it was like from the perspective of a mouse. It's like, okay, what is this VR game that we play as a mouse? Ratatouille VR? Yeah. And then it showed it the, the main character, Leon, and just very she emotional. Nuts. She went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> she told me afterwards that as soon as she saw the bottle of liquid spilled over she's like this is probably resident evil <laughs> yeah immediately like when the trailer first started so uh she was she's very excited about that we actually have to dig the gamecube out of uh storage so that she can play <laughs> the original resident evil 2 remake on the gamecube because that is listeners i confirmed this from a few weeks ago this is her favorite resident evil game That's so awesome. this is this is going to be just super exciting that's very cool. Uh, we We're gonna have to get a PS4 Pro because of it. Like it's it's so visually stunning. We're gonna have to get a PS4 Pro. So in before your PSVR has support or something like that. <laughs> that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, PSVR plus a PS4 Pro is gonna be insane on that yep. game. If, so if VR comes to Resident Evil 2 Remake, it looked really good. And I'm not really a Resi player, but I know isn't Resi 2 regarded quite highly amongst the Resident Evil community. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, uh, Sanic, she's probably the biggest Resident Evil fan in the world. And listeners, you can fight me on that because I'll win. And <laughs> it's it's just so good. The story is very good. And it's one of those classic Resident Evil games. It's not like the newer Resident Evils are good for co-op, but they're not good Resident Evil games, she says. Mm, mm, um, okay. And she and I have played through five and six together and I enjoyed it because it was more of like an action film, and that's not what classic Resident Evil was. It's more about the puzzles, the story, the lore, that kind of yeah. stuff. And and this is the one to play. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the rest of the conference. Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Looked beautiful. Um, I had no idea what that was going into yeah. it, and when I saw the visuals there, the leaves. Yeah, in I that know. in that trailer. Outrageous. Absolutely insane. That was the moment I said, okay. We're going to get a PS4 Pro. And then Sanic was like, yeah, uh, Resident Evil, we just saw that. Come on, we're going to get a PS4 Pro. So I was like, okay, that's confirmed. Yep. <laughs> if The Last of Us Part Two, if the actual game plays out like that demonstration show. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, dude, that's... That was crazy. That was... I have such a hard time believing. I loved The Last of Us Part One. It's one of my favorite games ever. 
and watching that gameplay demonstration, I I have a hard time not feeling scared because we've had E3 demonstrations before. They're like, that's unbelievable, and this was that <laughs> way. But if it really does play out like that, oh my word, we're stepping into another world, right? I agree. I mean, I did not play The Last of Us Part 1, but I watched Sanic play it. Yep. And after seeing that trailer last week, that gameplay looks phenomenal. I'm going to have to play it. Yep. Kingdom Hearts 3, it's looking like a Pixar movie. It looks so good. (laughs) I'm so excited, man. And uh, Death Stranding, what can you say? I mean, it's just... Who knows what that is? Yeah. Like, it's it's still a big question mark, right? We're finding a little bit more out, and it was, uh, it looked like a walking simulator, right? But it, Yeah, it, the gameplay demonstrations were. I not. started to get the sense of how it is going to play out as a horror game, right? It's, you had him uh, use that little flashing arm thing of the light to show the ghosts in the sky or whatever and then you have to like avoid them or whatever it was interesting to see all that so we're still finding a little bit more info out but we still have no idea what kind of game that's going to be i as somebody who adores the metal gear solid series i'm going into this excited to see what kojima's vision is but i'm really not expecting a great game i'm expecting a cult classic yeah a weird story a hybrid film and I'll just see whatever his creative vision will be. But I, I saw some funny tweets saying, like, man, Amazon Prime, even after the collapse, will go to great lengths to deliver your packages. <laughs> yes. Good. And that is pretty awesome. A lot of people thought the Sony conference is, like, the loser of the event. I don't think so. I just think it was so weird the way they handled, like, moving people they from did, place yeah. to place. It felt unnatural, right? It did. And... I actually really liked the intro, right? They had the tent set up that kind of um, mimicked the Last of Us trailer, which is the first one that they showed. Yeah. And the um, the the flute player, the Japanese flute player, it, the, the player himself was not Japanese, which was a huge controversy, apparently. Uh, they're like, why couldn't they just get a Japanese player to play the flute? Well, apparently that dude is like a master of the instrument, like one of the two or three people in the world that has mastered that instrument and has dedicated his life to it. Wow. Uh, cool. And I thought that was actually super, super awesome. I really liked that presentation a lot. Yeah, the I think the guy playing the banjo is actually the like composer for The Last of Us. I could be wrong. Not but the I think banjo so. player, the flute player if before Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I was I was switching to the other guy. I was oh, just talking okay. about the other I gotcha. dude, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um let's talk about the division two because we now have a lot of those YouTubers coming back and talking about it on their channel. I love what you wrote here. King of the post launch content. It looks like the division two is doubling down on improving and refining instead of in like reinventing the wheel. It looks like they've gone back to the drawing board more so and said we're going to deliver a better division experience, not a completely different one. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. And then Anthem, how many videos did you see of people actually getting to play Anthem who said, yo, this thing is really sick. I don't know why EA's trailer and reveal was so (laughs) poorly done. Like this is, this game has potential. Yeah. There were a few YouTubers, namely we really like skill up, right? Yeah. We, we trust his content and he went into it like, man what was anthem like it was we already knew all that and then after he actually played he said this is an awesome game i'm convinced i'm sold now so i mean 
apparently Anthem is one of the games we just have to play. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. They're probably going to have a beta, right? They, didn't they confirm that Anthem's going to have a beta? I have um, no idea. You could. I would right. be on the look. I would be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I think that's going to be that. That would be an indicator. I mean, we'll probably just play the E3 scripted story mission, right, in the beta. Mm-hmm. But at least we'll get our hands on it pretty soon, hopefully. I wanted to pivot too because the Black Ops Four season pass was announced during this E3 week, and oh, yeah. it parallels very closely the annual pass idea for Destiny Two, which we've talked at length about. It was either in last week's show or the week before the whole annual pass concept. What they're doing with Black Ops Four, instead of purchasing DLCs like four separate DLCs like you normally would with Black Ops, or or with the Call of Duty series, it's now lumped into a season pass. You can't buy individual little DLCs. You've got to buy into the whole thing. The reasoning for this is, you know, splitting player base up is no good. We don't want to have a fractured, you know, this guy has DLC one, but not three, and he's got two, but four, that kind of a deal. I think this confirms for me, Diddy, more than ever, that this is an Activision-based business room directive to their developers. We're moving away from selling four DLCs a year. We're going to move to this more expensive year pass model where they don't get to pick and choose expensive i'm air quoting guys because we could really get into the semantics of all this stuff but this definitely feels like activision has made a pivot to go no we're going to be moving towards an annual pass model across our our franchises right yeah this is when they announced this yeah for the next year of content you just pay this annual price oh that's exactly what destiny's doing (laughs) Mm yeah that's it definitely seems like an activision directive that they're they're pushing down and i will say this my biggest gaming purchase regret was call of duty elite back when modern warfare 3 (laughs) was a thing (laughs) it was like 60 dollars for a year yeah and i don't even remember what we what it was supposed to be i don't even remember and i was like i never used it and it was a waste of money and i regretted purchasing it because it was useless um but this season pass is not the same as that right it's different upgraded for the times you get the you get the content for the next year but it's still a paid price uh just like destiny is when you have the division 2 announcing free year of upgrades and dlc drops after this so uh interesting move by activision but it's the worst part of a subscription with none of the benefits is what yeah. i would say is like yes exactly a game, a game like wow i keep bringing it up because i unsubscribe during the periods of time where i'm not going to be playing where the content is not enjoyable the patch stuff they're putting out is not that great and it's a direct message to the developer make it better and this you don't get it if dlc1 looks super sick for black ops 4 Ta-da, you gotta buy the whole season pass. There is no, it's removing, I think, exit points from the consumer. At the same time too though, you're gonna have less issues matching with people who don't have that content and don't have those maps. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to find like the silver lining on this one, but. It's, uh, it goes back to what we talked about last week about the value being subjective to each person, right? Yep. You and I are failing to see the value in these types of content uh, models or pricing models. Whereas other people, yeah, I really like all of Activision's content. I want to support them and the yeah. developer behind the content, the Call of Duty developer. I forget which three. Uh, which Treyarch. one's doing this? Treyarch? Treyarch. Okay, yeah. Treyarch is doing this one. 
uh, I want to support Treyarch, so I'm going to buy the content. Absolutely do that. But you and I, where we are in our gaming careers, failing to see the value in this type of stuff when there are other options available. It just feels too pre-ordery for me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yep. if mm-hmm. it looks awesome and I'm three months in, I'm going, okay, there you go. I'll put the money out once I've seen the goods. But I don't want to exactly. spend the money before seeing the results. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, it is a loot box. You pay for it up front and you have no idea what's behind the wall. Oh, man. <laughs> On that note, let's shift to Fortnite here. I wanted to close the show because uh, the rumbling at E3 this year is, oh, Fortnite's probably always going to be an early access because its early access status did he allows the developers to update it regularly without going through the same rigorous patch certification processes that Xbox Live and PSN required. Those patch certifications cost a lot of money, take time for the developers to ensure that it meets all the criteria, but when you're dubbed an early access title, it's essentially like a loophole that allows you to push updates more regularly and for much less the cost. That's crazy, right? That is insane that we're now coming to this realization. I know. And I think that's genius. Obviously, Sony and Microsoft are probably going to find a way to quote-unquote patch this in their terms of service, right? Yeah. But for right now, Fortnite is killing it. Cross-play among every single device except for Sony devices, uh, kind of. And constant updates. It is becoming the most popular game right now. League of Legends, look out because Fortnite is hot on the trail. It's it is wild seeing the level that this this whole thing is getting to, right? Epic Games have capitalized a hundred percent or a thousand percent on this game, and props to them. I mean, one of the guys at Epic Games, he goes by Arctic Online. He used to be a Gears of War pro player, and I watched his content for a while. He's a part of the Fortnite team, and he he's awesome. I I approve of him significantly. <laughs> he. He's doing a great job. This PSA everyone brought at, to you by Diddy. I mean, I'm sorry. Everyone at Epic Games, I just have to applaud them because when Fortnite started coming up after PUBG, I'm like, okay, this is crap. Uh, Battle Royale games are not going to happen. I'm eating my foot right now. It's it, They're making a killing. Totally. All right, that's going to do it for DTS 206, just two weeks away from that, uh, wow, four-year anniversary? I guess it's four years. Yeah, let's do the math. Yep, yeah. four years. That's pretty crazy. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us uh, over the last It'd be crazy years. if we announced something super crazy. I We have no announcements, by the way. Diddy's just <laughs> making this up on the spot. Please do not hold us to this. This is not in the notes, I promise. Man, what if we had some merch? Sorry. No, no, that happened, and then it... One and day it we'll go happen. into that story. <laughs> One day we'll go into that story. Uh, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy DTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. One day we'll go into all the stories. I'll just be real with you. But if you want to start storytelling right now with us, our Discord is discord.me slash show. You can follow us on Twitter at show. You can follow me on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch at BBKDragoon. All the links from today and more, there's like one link. It's TWAB. It's on our website, destinytheshow.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you again next time. Thank you.